This is the Infatuation Podcast, where we get together with a few friends to talk about Asian things we love. I'm Curtis, and on today's episode, we will be continuing our discussion about Asians in the comics and the MCU, along with the release of the movie, The Eternals. Smooth enough. All right. You know, I don't know. When I listen to other podcasts, I wonder if they're in their basement. You know, like, are they in their basement doing that? (laughs) I bet they are. Or closets. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. We had three continents represented on their last episode. We had someone in Australia. Well, not three continents. Three countries. We had Canada. Oh, yeah. Canada, Australia. Nadira. Yeah. Yeah, That was kind of a trip. (laughs) Wow. Uh, but yeah, now we're all in the same time as though. Not as exciting. No, nah, nah, just kidding. Just kidding. Totally exciting. <laughs> totally exciting. All right. Welcome to episode number 13 of the Infatuation Podcast. Uh, we're excited to be talking about our second Marvel slash Disney movie within two months. Wow. They, they're cranking these things out. Uh, and so now uh, this movie is not purely Asian kind of in origin and roots kind of like Shang-Chi was but there are at least three Asian superheroes in this movie as well as it being directed by Chinese-American director Chloe Zhao so it's exciting for us here at the Infatuation Podcast and on today's episode uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the background it is October 27th so there will be no spoilers in this episode but you know how we do it right so we're gonna talk it up a little background here talk about some characters some comic book origin here and so this will be spoiler free because we have no idea what the movie's gonna be like but then we're gonna go see the movie on november 6th together again which should be super fun and then we're gonna get back together after that i don't know we haven't even picked a date yet we're gonna get back together afterwards and break it all down scene by scene Easter egg by Easter egg, right? Uh, but we have uh, some people here along for the ride to talk to us about it. And if so it wouldn't be the same without the same crew. So we brought back the band. We got the band back together. We have, let's see, who should I introduce first here? We'll go young to old this time. We have making her return to our little nerd cave. What do you call them, Brian? Uh, clock, man caves. Comic cave, man caves. Comic, comic caves, yeah, whatever. Oh, comic caves. Back to our little comic cave. We have everyone's favorite comic book encyclopedia. We have Lauren. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, Lauren. <laughs> it's the woman cave. Woman nerd cave. <laughs> Lauren's husband has said this is her last episode too, so everybody enjoy this. this is Lauren's last episode with us because he's on baby duty right now and he's he's kind of like no this is not this is not he's gonna... tired yeah he's tired he's like no more no more Marvel for you so uh welcome back Lauren thanks for coming out with us of course 
And we wouldn't be we wouldn't be a comic cave without Mister Comic Cave himself. We have Brian, our collector, our comic book enthusiast. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, everyone. And he's on the streets right now. He's on the mean streets, looking for troublemakers, looking for crime. He's in his car. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to get broken into. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you, South of Market? Where are you? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. All right, so uh, you got tinted windows. You, you good? You good there? I do. I do. So when they break the window, there's going to be a little surprise. A little surprise for both. Oh, my gosh. So we'll get get your finger on 911, Lauren, in case you hear a glass shattering. We got we to gotta help Brian out. <laughs> For sure. Uh, if you're not from the Bay Area, you don't know what we're talking about. But SF is rough. Man, yeah, rough. especially for wild, wild West. It is the wild, wild West. But uh, okay, so we are we're back together to talk about Eternals. You know what I'm going to call this episode? What? The Preternals. <laughs> see what I see what I did? No one's laughing. No one. That's why you're the host. No one cares. All right, so this is the pre-Eternals talk, uh, but let's talk a little bit about you guys, uh, just to catch up with you. Lauren, have you been watching, reading, buying, doing anything the last month and a half since we've talked? Well, since we've talked, um, my son has been watching a lot of Spidey and his amazing friends, which is actually really good. It's funny, Uh, right? Yeah. It's funny. The animation's great. And the theme song is so, so good. Mm -hmm. We like sing it and dance around. So that's a marvel y thing that I've been watching. Um, And some of the, the making of you know, Marvel stuff on Disney plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that has been really fun too. All right. Yeah. 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 I love that. Spider-Man's amazing friends brings back memories of the, you know, when we were younger and they had the fire star Iceman and uh, Spider-Man, but now you've got, you know, the others, you know, Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes. Animation. I agree is amazing. Yeah, it's really cute. And then also there's the, you know, new generation Ms. Marvel who's right. Pakistani American, which is cool. I think I think with this new there's definitely a new generation of these Marvel characters that I'm just learning about now. So it's fun. I think it is a lot more diverse. There it seems to be um the creators are making a point to do that. So that's right. great. Yeah. Does, does Silk ever make an appearance? You ever see any Silk out there? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. She's only in the books, yeah? She's got a couple of books? Exactly, yes. All right. But it would be cool to yeah, see her. Really. Yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. She's in. A, she's pretty awesome. How about you, Brian? You been watching anything? doesn't have to be comic related. It could be anything. You know, I, I've just been avoiding COVID. And um, <laughs> let's see. What else? What else? Uh I saw Squid Games, um, so I can't wait to see your podcast that you just did. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of stuff I'm confused about still. Like, you know, what does it represent? So I can't wait to, to yeah, hear we, your. Other we break podcast. it down. We break it all the way down. Oh, that's gonna be good. It's a good one. I liked your <laughs> conversation on it. Yeah, yeah, and Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to check that out. Um, um, yeah. But other than that, every day is Christmas for me. I, I've got things coming in from all over the country mm. and all over the world, and. I have some cargo ships that are stuck in the Pacific just waiting to get to L.A. so they can get unloaded so they can get to me. But You want to give us a little sneak peek? Not a peek, but give us a little preview of what you got in the mail? 
I, I've got some life-size um, armors heading towards me. Uh, created by somebody who uh, did some work uh, in the Marvel movie. So Whoa. I'm looking forward to those items. And Whose um, armor? Uh, there's multiple. Okay, who's the one you're most excited about? That's very oh, cool. Gosh, all I, so I've got Mark one through seven, of course, and then um, <laughs> of course twenty one. Um, I couldn't order a war machine because it's just too big. Oh, um, but yeah, but you know, I, I just started with those. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, no, you thought you thought these were like little, like on your shelf kind of statues. No, Brian goes big or goes home. Why well, he goes I, big and goes home? Yeah, he brings the big home. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, do you put them on, Brian? Do you put them on? These are tall. These are six two. I can't get oh, in them. Oh, uh, but they, yeah, you, you can't wear these. These are just made for um, stationary viewing. Man, that's amazing. Man, all right, yeah. we're coming over. We're coming. Well, you got to mm-hmm. invite us over. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, you guys got to come over. All right, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll <laughs> do a pod. To. We'll do a pod. Well, Joel can come and bring <laughs> bring the baby with him. Oh yeah. But we'll we'll do a we'll do a on location pod. That'll be cool. Yeah, we we can have, bring the kids and you know my wife and my 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 kids. They'll all take care of each other like it's Noah's Ark, and then we'll be in our place. Oh, yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, I mean he's turning four, so he's you know. That's oh a really gosh. fun age. Yeah, just put the breakables up high, bro. <laughs> yes, yeah, don't – actually, don't let him into that room. I mean, he's going to – Oh, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> he, he will not have access, you know, unless the retina scan is off. But, yeah. Yeah, no. The inner sanctum has some serious security. Don't worry. No. Yes, the CIA approved. Mm. Well, um, we've been doing a couple pods. So you mentioned the Squid Game pod with Jennifer. That was kind of a fun little quick hit. And then I want to do, like, Lauren knows this, I want to do one on the Babysitter's Club, which is, uh, season two has been dropped on Netflix, and, you know, Claudia Kishi has a couple really good episodes in that, so we're going to break that down, and do you want to, should I tease my, my, my co-host on that one? Do it. Yeah. My co-host has the same name as someone in this room right now. Is it your daughter? <laughs> it may be little Lauren. You don't know, oh my little gosh. Lauren. I was like, I couldn't find anyone who was a fan until. Oh, so fun. then I, I looked across the dinner table. I was like, Hey, what about you? you? Want you want some screen time? Well, you got to come on the pod. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, I'm. We'll definitely listen to that. I love. I'm. I didn't really read Babysitters Club when I was little, so I was like, I don't feel like I could do her justice. But mm. I love the. The series, yeah. like the first season, she had some really great, they had great uh, Japanese-American highlight uh, episodes. So. And I think she's the coolest member of the club, too. Yes. I mean, definitely the most stylish. Yeah. Most yeah. creative. Yeah, so she's a cool character. I, I think she just deserves being talked about. So I was trying to find someone, you know, in that age demographic, you know, who kind of came of age in the... Late nineties, uh, early two thousands, but no one's no one stepped up. So going with the fam, going to go with the family on that one. Oh, that'll be a good one. So yeah, so we got some cool episodes coming up on this podcast. But let's get into. Well, actually, I got some more questions. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I just had to scroll down a little bit on my little oh, yeah. cheat sheet here. Hey, have you uh, have you thought any more about Shang Chi a little bit? I've been thinking a little bit. Have you gotten to see it again, Lauren? You saw it again, right? I did. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I did not see it yet. So. You didn't? No, I'm still waiting. I don't know. Still waiting. Don't I'm waiting. Wait. I'm waiting too. Lauren, what what did you get on the second round? Oh, I, you know what? I thought it was even better the second Ooh. time around. Yeah. Right. One reason why is because the theater that we went to, it was huge nice. and the sound was amazing. And so my seat did literally shake like uh. with the ring. So it was just more of an immersive experience. But also it just I just personally felt more comfortable you know, pandemic wise getting out there. <laughs> so I was less in my head about that um, aspect yeah. of it. And I could just really get into it and enjoy it. For me, it was more fun the second time. <laughs> cool, cool. And you had a date this time. So that was good. Yes. The <laughs> hubby was there. And I, at the end, I was like, eh? Huh? Huh? Did you like it? Did you like it? <laughs> or you like here? Watch the scene coming up. It's really good. Did you do that yeah. to him the whole oh, movie? He would stab me. That's the worst. All right, so I got to get back to the theater. But you know what I've been doing? I've been watching a lot of Kim's Convenience because of the podcast we're doing the show on the sitcoms, and I love his character in that one. I love Simi Liu's character in that show. So. I'm seeing him in different lights, so it's kind of cool. That's fun. I haven't seen him in in anything else, but yeah. I I did see start watching some of um, Aquafina's show mm. uh, because it got put on HBO, <laughs> and it's really funny. She kind of <laughs> plays the same character. I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen. It's like pretty much the same character but just in new york instead of yeah i don't <laughs> think it's a character I, I think it's just it's who her she is. it's Nora. yeah, yeah uh, that's yeah. her um yeah <laughs> yeah i think she's gonna pretty much be that character for, <laughs> though in the farewell she was you know she was a lot more touching in the farewell mm. uh and she was a little different in crazy rich asians but yeah lately it seems like that's what people cast her to do the kind of Street smart, kind of lovable loser. Kind lovable of loser, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so how about Eternal? Are you guys excited about Eternals? What are you guys feeling? What are you guys feeling? I'm feeling scared. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous. The pre, pre-show publicity has been a little rough. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting little hints of, do you remember that? Marvel thing called the Inhumans. Yeah, the show. That's like the stepsister they try to hide. The stepsister uh. they hide in the basement. They don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, they're kind yeah. of backtracking a little on it. Um, That's yeah. <laughs> it's just a, a bigger CGI um, budget, and um, I don't know. For me, okay, Chloe is a, a great director. But it kind of reminds me of another great director who was of Asian descent, and his name is Ang Lee, and he did the Incredible Hulk yeah. movie, and just didn't really understand, and mm. yeah, tried yeah. to make a Marvel movie a little bit oh, too no. deep. I'm sweating, you guys. I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, like, man. This is making me nervous. You know, we're yeah. supposed to be pumping people up to see this movie, so let's do our best here. I, uh, so you know what? Critics have been wrong before. Like, yeah. they didn't like Citizen Kane when it first came out. You know, they didn't like, I don't know what they didn't like, but there's a lot of movies that they didn't like. And 
lo and behold, the audience did like it. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Let's go back a little bit to our uh, the origins of the Eternals. And Brian, you're gonna have to help me out here a little bit. So oh, it's uh, Jack Kirby, 1976. Lauren, right. how old were you in 1976? <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Meanwhile, Brian and I were young lads. I was working in the rice fields. Working in the- oh, my gosh. <laughs> Feeding my family. Walking on the mean streets of San Francisco, the mean streets of the Sunset District. The dirt roads, you mean? Yeah. Walking down Clement Street like I own the place. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so 1976, uh, you want to do this history? Okay, this is hard now, okay? Because it's a sore subject. It, I mean, you, you you got it right on the dot, you know. 76, um, Jack Kirby, you know, had a ha, had a rift in, with Marvel and Stan Lee, but mostly Marvel, uh, and you know, left, went to DC, did his thing at DC, created a whole universe over there. And um, comes back to Marvel and kind of similarly take develops what he started in DC and brings it over <laughs> to Marvel. Yeah. Um, heavily influenced, and <laughs> his comic book, this The Eternals, is a, one of the pillars, or not one of the pillars, ancient astronaut theory. Okay, he just brings it into the comic books, and so a book uh, called Chariots of the Gods uh, came out by. Um, what was his name? Eric Von Daniken. And you, know, you talk about the, the, the Nas- Nazca lines. Do you remember that back in oh, gosh, it's in South not. America? <laughs> it's those lines that are all over the ground and they make out, you know, animals and designs, but you can only see it from the airplane. Peru. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically, you know, he writes a book about it saying that these, these lines were not made for uh, humans to see. They were made to be seen above in the air, meaning spacecrafts yeah. had something to do with this, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Jack Kirby uh, was heavily influenced, especially in his art, um, with Mayan and Aztec culture and um, understanding that some of these man-made things that we're looking at, py- uh, pyramids and all that, probably weren't made by man uh-huh. and so he creates this this uh, he continues along by creating this comic book called the eternals and the eternals is basically the concept of there are these cosmic beings and they are called celestials they're really scientists they come to earth they observe humans and they do experiments on humans and then they create things like other humans and they created the eternals the eternals are like these perfect humans Mm-hmm. And uh, also creates these other beings called deviants, and they're kind of like messed up humans, <laughs> monstrosities, right? Yeah, yeah. And what we would call in our folklore like ogres or trolls. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Eternals, these group of humans, um, it, some of them interact with human th- humans throughout history. And what the Eternals comic book is really cool uh, uh, about doing is weaving these characters. With not just human history, but human mythology. Yeah. And so they're hanging out with Attila the Hun. They're there when uh, the flood happens. Um, They're there with uh, King Arthur. So, you know, they're immortal. They're living forever. So they're interacting with all these people that we would know, like Hercules. You know, they go Greek. They go Roman gods. You know, they're just hanging out with everybody. And so that's the neat thing about them. They, They intertwine. 
And they have memories of this, right? Like, so the Eternals remember all this stuff, right? Oh yeah, they were fully, you know, they can uh, they can brainstorm way back when. So, uh, you know, they're thousands of years old. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so kind of crazy. Leaving that basis right there should be enough because if you get deeper in there, you get kind of messed up because yeah. <laughs> they all have similar powers, so you can kind of get mixed up with their powers. They have mm-hmm. some distinct powers, but they're not like the Avengers where they completely look different. And they have different co- – well, they do have different costumes, but they just have similar – they all have super strength. They mm-hmm. they, they all have telepathy, uh, but some have stronger uh, attributes, you know, like yeah. uh, Gilgamesh has more super strength than everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, one of the characters has more telepathy than everybody else. Is that uh, – I think they may. I think they may try to distinguish them a little more in this movie, just to make it easier for us. So they may be limited on some powers and maybe amped yeah. up on one power. That's gonna be a necessity because you can I, I get lost. So. And then, so this movie has ten of them, but in the comics, there's like dozens, right? The thousands, and oh, and geez. I believe they're in different places on the earth. Oh jeez. All right, so. Yeah. Um, let's see, Lauren, you got any questions on it for Brian? Are you, you caught up on this stuff at all? Kind of, though going into a movie like this, I like to be surprised as well. Mm-hmm. But um but all of that background um doesn't spoil it for me. So yeah. and shouldn't spoil it for your listeners also. The only other cool thing that I wanted to add or just that I randomly know about the Celestials is that at that time when they made the Eternals and the Deviants, that's kind of when the emergence of the X gene came too. Mm-hmm. So talking about the uh, genetic origin of the mutants in human, you know, homo sapiens. So I thought that that was really interesting. And that's one thing that gets me excited about this next phase of, Marvel is that with the Celestials, but also we know this from like the Kree and the scroll stuff. And, you know, Brian mentioned the Inhumans, which is sad and too bad that that uh, was such a terrible thing. <laughs> but anyways, I think it's exciting to introduce the the mutants into this new um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. We'll see. We'll see if that even comes up in this movie, but... I don't know. I, I have a strong feeling it will because they, they kind of redid history with the Eternals uh, when they came out, you know, later. I mean, because the Eternals came out in like, you know, mid 70s. And then you right. don't hear about them for decade uh, for a decade because they didn't know what to do with it. Like Jack Kirby did his finest work with Stan Lee. And, um, you know, there are a lot of um, there's a lot of division in comic books uh, between, oh, Stan, he was just that charlatan. And then, oh, Jack Kirby did everything. And then there's people go, no, if it wasn't for Stan, you know, giving direction to Kirby. Well, when Kirby went to D.C., that was a perfect opportunity for for Kirby to show off how well he could write. And, you know, it wasn't always that great. And then when he did Eternals, a lot of it got canceled because, you know, people weren't following it. It it does have a Grateful Dead following, but it's hard to read. It's it's not it doesn't develop characters very well. And. So it's not the best. So, uh, you know, it's like Marvel does things because they have to. When they didn't have the mutants, they had to go, we need another group. Oh, in humans, right? And yeah. they're pulling out the Eternals. A lot of it has to do with a lot of people are Jack Kirby fans, period. They they think he's the godfather of a lot of the superheroes, mm-hmm. which, you know, is, you know, um, arguably so. But 
Eternals, why'd they pull this group out from the left field and try to make it mainstream? Well, they're kind of tie everything together with their existence. The X gene and also explains why certain humans like Peter Parker reacted to the radioactive spider like he did. So oh. there's also like, you know, explanations of why there's certain humans that have a certain chromosome or a certain gene that reacts to make them superhuman uh, versus others. So that's what they did. Because science. Science. Science says it so. All right. So Eternals, uh, what, it lasts about two years in the 70s. And then it yeah. came back in the 80s for a little bit. And it, but like you said, it, it wasn't hugely popular, right? It's a little too convoluted. Yep. Maybe a little too, too many characters. But then I think they just came out with a 2021 version of it. And that, that may kind of mirror the movie a little more, yeah? It probably will, like like they usually do. They come back around, and all of a sudden, Nick Fury was this white guy with an eye patch, is now a black guy, bald, and looks just like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> so what I heard is that Kevin Feige was kind of thinking, what should we do next after or during you know as Endgame was going, he was trying to think, what where do we go in Phase Four? And he said that Chloe Zhao pitched Eternals to him. And that it made sense, and that was kind of, I think, what you're thinking of is that it'll help tie things together. You know, and Kevin Feige is so good at this, right? It'll tie things together. It'll be kind of the foundation film. And I think he wanted this, you know, this is supposed to come out November 2020 before Shang-Chi. So he kind of wanted this one to come out, you know, and kind of lay out the groundwork for Phase 4. And uh, it was uh, largely because Chloe Zhao had a vision for it and had something to say about it. And so that that's kind of an interesting kind of on a practical level, the origin of the Eternals. Have you heard anything about that? Have you heard anything about why they chose this? Or It's a mystery to me. Okay. All right. That's just what I heard in one interview. So, the, so she pitched the Eternals specifically, not just that she wanted to direct a Marvel film. Yeah, I think he kind of threw out there to people like, hey, who's got an idea for me for where to go next? And she came in there with Eternals and it it blew him away. He said that he said that we weren't sure where to go, but Chloe Zhao told us where we're going to go. We're going to go Eternals. The best sci-fi allows us to look to the future and yet take from it and really look at what's happening here in our lives now. And I feel very much the Eternals falls into that. Can you talk about the themes that you well, wanted people what, to connect? That's what, what Chloe's pitch was, really, was, was focused on exactly that. That, that yes, talking about the, 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 the sand that you sent me that picture again yeah. recently, and I hadn't seen it since your pitch. Um, ancient aliens we talked about and those, and those fun theories and that show that we uh, go down the rabbit hole on, whatever channel that is. And really the the history of of humanity and how we got to where we are today the good ways bad ways what what made us who we are today and where did jack kirby's eternals fit into that and we really you know this was was developed in the shadow of endgame and with the expectation that we wanted to go out after endgame and try something new and that is another reason chloe's pitch hit me so hard is because here we were finishing the Infinity Saga and I was thinking where do we go from here? How do we continue? Where do we grow? And Chloe came in and told us. And that's what this movie is. That is so interesting. interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, That is not a group that you would pull out and go, hey, I've got an idea. 
this group right here is is going to be the best for the next Marvel phase. I just uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of I people know. are going to disagree with me, but well, I think back to my reactions when I saw promos for Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought this is going to flop. This looks so weird. Yeah. This <laughs> random team I've never yeah. heard of. Um, but yeah. it was amazing. The first one I thought was really, really great. And yeah. even though it was characters that were so weird and I had no idea about them at all. So, but this style of film looks very different from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So. We'll yeah, see. we'll talk about we'll talk about her in a second. Let me see. Uh, where do we want to go here? Uh, well, I, let's just jump in. Let's talk about Chloe Zhao a little bit since we started talking about her. So yeah, so I actually rented Nomadland and watched it, and it is a thoughtful, very I don't I'm I'm gonna say the word, but it's very slow. Oh. <laughs> Maybe deliberate is the right word. Mm. Uh, it's very um, you know you're supposed to be there with her on this lonely journey in the back of a van and, you know, going from town to town, you know, not having any roots. And so it was, it was very poignant and very, um, I keep using the word very, I find another word. It was, uh, powerful. Wow. Okay. It, 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 you know, it won the Academy Award for best director and best movie and best actress. So it, yeah, it was a powerhouse. It was, you know, in a slow year, it definitely is. A, and a budget of $5 million. The whole right. thing was $5 million. But I'm trying to think to myself, how is this How is this director going to turn a superhero comic book into a movie? So I would imagine, like, one of her things is silence. She loves, like, just a little bit of a wind, a little breeze on the microphone. She likes that kind of isolation and desolation and she likes the silence she's not afraid to have silence on the screen Mm -hmm. which makes some people uncomfortable and isn't really found in a lot of superhero movies so we'll see how that turns out but yeah i think you know she's coming at it from a very um she's known for doing locations she loves doing locations and i think the marvel people are like wait we could just green screen this and she's like, no, no, we're going to where we're going to the Serengeti or we're going, you know, wherever they go. <laughs> They're just, so they actually went to those places wow. to film on location in the natural environment, which is really important to her. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, I think that'll look, it'll look amazing for sure. I guarantee you, it'll look amazing. Let's see. Do you guys know anything else about Chloe Zhao? Well, Angelina Jolie said, you know, I've been in a lot of big movies, but this movie by far is is the biggest movie i've ever been in wow and i think wow. that's just she the way she sounded was like in terms of presence in terms mm-hmm. of i i don't want to say unlimited budget but it was a huge production yeah, yeah. just sounds grand even right. from yeah curtis what you described and brian what angelina jolie said i you know i think that a lot of the Marvel movies have a very similar pace and humor is interjected at a very, it's all kind of the same. So I'm actually excited to watch a Marvel film that has a different pace. Yeah. A different really take. Will be. Yeah. So perhaps these early, you know, headlines that we're seeing of worst Marvel movie ever, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it Oops. could be from like a particular perspective and I mean and from my personal taste there's been quite a few 
bad Marvel movies, in my opinion. So this won't be like the first flop, you know, of Marvel. <laughs> in well, my yeah. Opinion. And all these flops make a billion dollars. And sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're still successful, quote yeah. unquote flops. But yeah, except, yeah, except in humans. But, you know, the oh. <laughs> the the fact that Disney Plus, all those Marvel shows have such different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, wel- yeah, I welcome something different. You know, it's time to yeah. see something different on so, the big screen, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So she she said she grew up as a fan of the MCU. Um, she's not old. You know, she's young. She was a fan of the MCU, and I think she pitched this as a was a real spiritual journey. And we all we asked ourselves from the very beginning that would affect costume design, production, everything. Is that why are they here? Is it military? Is it missionary? You know, because everything is going to look different if it's military missionary. So we realized that they were missionaries from the Celestials. You know, Celestials are gods. So everything does have a that kind of holy. Undertone, and we also look at sacred symbols throughout human history, backtracking it, thinking maybe they were because of who they were, they inspired these shapes and these symbols, and designing into it. And also with the domo, one thing for us was that what's the most advanced technology in the universe? It's not to think about wires and computers and how. No, it has to go back to all the way to what nature looks like. And so there's definitely some spirituality to it. I mean, you're talking about the creation of the world, creation of humans, the love of mankind. Is, is There's huge, huge themes in this. Um, and, you know, she comes from a wealthy family from Beijing, and they, they sent her to school in England and then America. So she's got a little, she's journeyed a little bit. So we'll see. You know, she went from a $5 million budget on Nomadland to over $200 million budget for this. I can see why she'd be like, yeah, let's go on location. Yeah. I get, <laughs> let's do it. Someone's writing the checks. She'll do it. <laughs> um, so it's going to be real personal. I think it's going to be a very personal movie from her point of view. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like Shang-Chi, won't be getting that China money because yeah, anyone not... who says anything bad about China gets yeah. <laughs> excommunicated from the movie theaters <laughs> yeah, in China. She's quite vocal about that. Yeah, China invented cancel culture. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk about the characters a little bit. I think this is this is what makes this movie the most exciting for me. Uh, so there's ten there's ten Eternals in this one. I'll run through the names here. We're not going to talk about all of them, uh, just because yeah, we'd be here all night. But we have Icarus, Ajax, Cersei, Makari, Thena, Sprite, Agonar, Kingo, Fastos, or Fastos. Fastos. Fastos, Druig, and Gilgamesh. Some big stars. Uh, but let's let's talk about the we'll talk about the three Asian characters first, just because, you know, this is the infatuation podcast. So we'll do the three Asian ones. And um it's not a it's not a stretch too, because they say, uh Chloe and Kevin Feige said that Gemma Chan is the centerpiece. If you want to call one of them the the, the lead or the star, it would be it would be Cersei. Because she, um, she is known. Cersei is known as the the one who loves. She's an empath. I guess she loves humans more than any of the other Eternals, and that that is kind of the key to their mission, right? They have to have some kind of a empathy for humans, and, and that comes through Cersei. And so she, I think the the film kind of revolves around her trying to get recruit the other Eternals to get them all back to get the band back together, and so she's going to be kind of the pivotal role. Uh, so her powers. 
She has kind of a cool power. Brian, you want to explain this power? Well, I mean, Cersei has this uh, ability to control um, matter. So, um, you know, anything that's not alive, uh, she can manipulate. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. Plus all the, you know, common powers like strength and telepathy and things like that. But yeah, her her situation, she can manifest, she can, um, you know, control, move uh, any matter. I think I saw in one of the trailers, like the bus flying through the air and then she turns it into butterflies or something yeah. like that. Like she turns, oh, the rose petals or something like that. So mm-hmm. she has that ability. So if a missile is coming at you, she can turn it into, you know, cotton candy or whatever. <laughs> so yep. it's kind of cool. Um, and I think they wanted her or, you know, the way that Gemma Chan and Chloe Zhao envision Cersei to be, like she's one of the more gentle and vulnerable. And she's just a lover. She's just a lover, right? She's got this kind of love triangle. She's loved Icarus for 4,000 years, right? Is that Rob Stark? Yeah, that's Rob Stark. Stark. (laughs) But then Jon Snow works at the museum with her. And so she's got a little thing with him. I forget his name. Oh, he is? Anna Whitman? Yeah, yeah. So he works at the museum. He's a human. He's a normal mortal human. So that's kind of her boyfriend. So she's got the Stark brothers. <laughs> oh, the scandal. They're kind of they're kind of vying for her love. And of course, I I called it early that Shang-Chi's going to come in there and beat both of them. <laughs> sweep her off her sweep, feet. Sweep her off her feet. As yet to be written into the script yet, but it's coming. It's coming soon. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Gemma Chan, we all I I love her. I don't know if everyone loves her, but uh she was in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, she is statuesque. You know, when you see her on the red carpet next to other people, she's like, you know, six feet tall. <laughs> she just makes other oh, people Oh, I didn't look... know she was that tall, actually. She's like 5'9", but then she wears these huge heels, you know, yeah. the stilettos or something. But yeah, she's like, you know, she's obviously a model and she just looks like a statue. Uh, so people know her from Crazy Rich Asians as Astrid. But I actually, I first saw her in the BBC show called Humans. Have you ever heard of that show? No. Super creepy. Uh, it's one of those shows. It's kind of typical, kind of like an iRobot thing, where it, someone invents these incredibly lifelike robots, and they can, you know, work uh, for you and your house, and they work. They're you, you can't tell that they're not human. Hmm. Um, but then, of course, the inventor puts in an ability for them to learn and love and remember into some of them, not to all of them. And so Gemma Chan is one of the ones that starts to get her memories back and stuff. Lauren, you, you sound like you, you recognize I, that story. Yeah. Well, when you were describing it, it reminded me of uh, Ex Machina, that movie, yeah. a little bit. I only saw the first season, and she creeped me out. She is <laughs> super creepy in it. Um, she's kind of like, why do you want to do that? You know, like just like the crazy robot, no, no emotions person. But then she would flash these memories and then she'd start to scream and kind of be like, she'd get these memories of how, you know, she's mistreated as a robot and stuff. And she'd just have these nightmares and she'd wake up. So she'd go from this, you know, stoic robot to crazed out, you know, a woman who's been through a trauma. It is not advisable to mount a direct data connection with an unauthorized or unregistered device. Yep. Yeah. Get it. This action may invalidate my warranty. What are you doing, Matty? You're a weirdo, Anita. I'm going to find out why. Extracting or viewing read-only base code from root directories can seriously damage the core. Oh, shit. In some cases, the command list can be irreparably c***ed, causing a fatal 
Like and it, 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 she was really good in it, and I don't know why I didn't. I guess I don't know where to watch season two, but um, yeah, she was good in that. Oh, that's that was the cool. first time I saw her. Yeah, so if you like that kind of crazy robot kind of, are they human? Are they robot? Do they have feelings? You know, can we mistreat them? It is a crazy show. It's on BBC. I don't know where you can watch oh, that. So I don't think it's on Netflix. All right, uh, so that's character number one, Cersei. She is super powerful, but also very gentle and just loves humans and loves men, I guess. <laughs> uh, so she's just a lover. And then we have Kango, played by Kumail Nanjiani. Um, where do we know him from? We know him from uh, Silicon Valley? Is yeah, that- Silicon Valley and the movie that he wrote about his own love life, The Big Sick. Oh, the big, the sick. big sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he wrote and produced that movie, written about like his own love life. Which I saw that and was blown away. He's was in Stuber, which, oh. <laughs> Chris, you went and you rented uh, the Chloe Zhao film. Stuber is one that I would rent. I really wanted okay. to see this. <laughs> Just I to do some research. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> this movie looks so funny. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's going to be provide some comedic relief too in this yeah. one. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's such a good actor too. And he's going to play a Bollywood star. So he's an eternal, right? All-powerful, immortal being. But he wants to be famous on Earth. So he plays this Bollywood star... And from what what I hear, he's going to be in a big dance number. Oh and he said boy! That, he said there are fifty one dancers, and him. Wow! Wow! <laughs> he, he said that he is not a good dancer. So he said it was a real stretch for him. Okay, so this is what happened. I talked. Chloe was like, "We want you to do this movie. There's a Bollywood dance sequence," and I was like. Okay, I don't know how to dance, so can we not Period. do that? <laughs> she's, she's right. <laughs> so Bo- Chloe was like, okay, we'll do a Bollywood action sequence. I was like, great. I got to London, and the first day I'm in London, she's like, by the way, I lied to you. It is a dance sequence. <laughs> and so I got a dance teacher, and I learned for four months how to do this dance. And I have to say, I was very nervous for it. And Selma... He was so nervous. So he's going to do a little Bollywood number, which will be fun. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. They, they, that's the thing about these Eternals is they're very human. They're very human. And so he's vain. You know, he has that desire to be famous. He has that, you know, these Eternals could just lay low and just, you know, buy Apple stock and retire and whatever. But, no, <laughs> these guys, these Eternals, they want to have lives and they want to have relationships with humans. And some of them do. Some of them don't. Yeah, so uh, his- they really enjoy the human lifestyle and some of them really interact. And, you know, I believe he he's a huge Bollywood fan. And I believe this piece is going to be an homage to a bunch of his favorite um, Bollywood <laughs> stars. So it's, it's going to be exciting. That'd be fun. And then, you know, if you can't get the Chinese audience, you may as well get the Indian audience. There you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you can't be big in mainland China, you know, 1.3, 1.3 1. says, hey, we'll buy tickets. <laughs> so that not a, not a bad move on Marvel's part. Uh, so let's go down to the third Asian character, maybe the less, the least known uh, actor, Don Lee. 
But we know Lauren lives with someone who likes the train to Busan. That's right. <laughs> he was in that one. Uh, so he's a Korean actor. Uh, he has a, I, I don't know his Korean name, but he goes by Don Lee in his American films. He's going to play Gilgamesh, which he's basically kind of like a Hulk kind of character, Brian? Or? Pretty much. I mean, yeah, his his class level of strength is up there with the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Super strong. Yeah. yeah super powerful. Is he also, well, I guess all the Eternals, they don't really get injured or they can heal yeah. themselves or something. Yeah, they all have um, all self-healing, you know, immortality, you know, they're, 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 some of them godlike, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But he, um, th- this Don ahead. Lee guy, you know, he he fits the part. He's just a huge burly guy and uh, he used to be a boxer, actually. Yeah. So he's yeah. got some uh, fighting chops. Yeah, I think he said he's he's he was excited to be able to use a little bit of that training. Oh yeah, I'm looking at pictures of who he was in Train to Busan, and he yeah he's a big guy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, super broad. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be fun. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he does have some kind of connection with Thena, Angelina Jolie's character. So there is um, either admiration or love between them. Yeah, they're definitely buddies. So that'd be kind of cool. So, so yeah, I mean, we kind of, when I first heard about it, I thought they were all kind of like a team and they all, you know, assembled ever so often, but it seems like they hadn't seen each other for thousands of years and that just finding them is a challenge, even though they, they're telepaths, you know, they can communicate that way and join powers, I think. But, um, but yeah, getting them all together and convincing them to work together could be a challenge and they're very... They bicker, you know, they fight. They don't all get along. They're like and a family. So, yeah, dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, when you if you've known someone for seven thousand years, you know you've you've got some beef probably. You know, it's like true. remember Yeah. Remember three thousand years ago, you know, you did this yeah. thing. Plenty of reason to want to be far away from one another. Yeah. <laughs> for a while. Oh yeah. Some grudges can last thousands of years and you know, <laughs> yeah. not gonna disappear. Yeah. I remember yeah. what you did back then, you know. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine that living that long? But at the same time, you know, these are the only people that get you in a lot of ways, right? Because, you know, you have that common origin and that who else on earth can understand you. So there's that going on. So that that I think that's trying to be one of the big th- stories is like, wait, who's on this team? Who's going to be are you in? Are you out? Mm-hmm. You know, convincing people to come back together on this and they have their own egos and they have their own desires. Um, so let's go to a couple other characters. So the Salma Hayek character is Ajak, and she's kind of the mother of the group, the most wise, I guess. And she's the one who kind of the peacemaker. And she's also the one that can communicate with the Celestials. Do I get that right? Yeah, she's the only one. Yeah, so she's kind of the, the middle person between the Celestials and them. What do this? Will the Celestials play any role in this movie, Brian? They are. Well, so what happens is that the, the Celestials in the comic book come back, and every time they come back, uh, something happens. You know, uh, one time they came back, they caused the world flood to destroy all the deviants, and mm. so um, I, I think they call it like every time they come back is a host, first host, second host. Um, mm. So I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to lead up to, but there is a, a time in the comic book. Uh, world where um, the Eternals defy the uh, Celestials and how Mm. they do it is they all have to connect together 
and they form this thing called the uni mind. So, you know, what you're yeah. talking about, Curtis, is right up there, that alley in terms of they don't all get along. But if they get together, they actually have this synergy that creates a, a more powerful, I don't want to say being, but entity uh, when they're all connected. Hmm. Okay. So we'll, we'll like, see that. that shows like the up. Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking the Care Bears. When they hold hands or, and yeah. they stare. Or the Power Rangers, right? That's right. The Megazord. Yep. Voltron. <laughs> Voltron, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this theme. Look at this. Oh, man. So that may come into play. Um, do, what else do we know about the Deviants? Do we know much about the Deviants? No, I mean, they didn't develop them much in comic books. I don't know. Some people might go, what are you talking about? But, man, I mean, there was only, like, 19 issues. And, you know, the mm-hmm. Deviants were the, you know, Jack Kirby was great at drawing monsters. And so yeah. every monster he drew, they none of them looked the same. Um, and they just all looked like, you know, half dinosaur, half ugly or ogre. And, yeah, don't know much. I just know that they, they, they have a different perspective on humans. They like to kill them. Yeah, that's their end game. They like to protect them. They like to be like them. They're like okay. monsters. Brian, from what you've seen in the trailers, do they look similar to the Kirby depictions? You know, I've only seen the trailers and each of them like really quickly. I didn't really. Yeah. They didn't look specifically like Kirby's work. Um, yeah. So, you know, there was a little CGI lib- uh, liberal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make them look more monstrous and you you know that you know what they remind me of um that book uh where the wild things are oh yeah those yeah aren't those like furry like furry (laughs) dinosaurs right (laughs) (laughs) those are more like muppets yeah those Uh, are like (laughs) big muppets These these seem they look pretty savage. They, they look, do look savage. Yeah, they do. Kind of dinosaur like insecty aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I so will see. I was thinking about you know the you know like in Shang Chi, our bad guy you know, wasn't really a bad guy. Tony Leung's yeah. character, and there was a lot of you know things that we could relate to from a human perspective to the villain and that side of the story. And then for the deviants, you know, right now we don't know very much about them. They just seem kind of removed and kind of like, you know, your typical random creature that wants to destroy all of the earth. For me, that makes for a much less compelling storyline than one where there's a villain that in some ways you can relate to like uh, in what we've seen in other Marvel movies. So that could be one place where it the disconnect Stumbles. comes from yeah, yeah but who knows i don't know yeah but i think they were saying that maybe the antagonist is crow have you heard of crow no k-r-o he's a deviant or maybe oh like a that. um the one that talks to angelina jolie in one of those trailers that one yeah maybe more demon like crow you mean crew no who's crow who who am I thinking of here? All right, hold on. Hold on one second. Let me sound smart. Uh, <laughs> antagonist Eternals. Um, or could it be one of the Eternals that kind of... Yeah, Eternals main villain, Crow, is very different in the MCU. Who is Crow? K-R-O. 
Oh, I don't know. Bro. Okay, yeah. He was in the comic books. The, yeah, so maybe he's the lead kind of evil dude. I, I thought know. there was another Eternal that, you know, kind of goes both ways. He's kind of like the Loki um, of the Eternals. Or like the Thanos. Thanos was kind of half Eternal, half Deviant. Well, you know, he's actually full Eternal with the Deviant gene in it. I don't know how that makes sense, but, you know, okay. he's born dominant Eternal. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see who the enemy is. I hope it's not just the monsters, right? I agree with you, Lauren. That that wouldn't be very compelling. Yeah, just like we didn't like that dragon at the end, the soul sucking dragon. We're kind of like, that's the villain. Yeah, yeah that's the guy. We're right. With. Yeah, we wanted uh, to, you know, because the thing about Thanos is you can kind of understand. I mean, he wasn't sympathetic, you but could you understand. could understand. Yeah, but uh, so we'll see. Totally. Um, let's see, we got anything else here we want to talk about before the movie well, it's, drops? It's nice um, to see a very diverse cast. I think yeah. in, we haven't seen a lot of stars from Latin America represented in MCU. That's I think true. So true. I, I think that hopefully there will be more even comic book characters representing our, you know, Latin American friends, con- countries. Well, yeah, Ghost Rider. And, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Works. Yeah, that's true. And From uh, Agents of Shield, he. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and we have uh, we have the first openly gay superhero. Oh, I think, yeah, that's right. One, yes. And we have a deaf uh, a deaf superhero in this one. Oh, really? Yeah, the African American woman. Uh, so she'll be signing. She signs. That's wow, right. that's movie. wonderful. So, yeah. So then we got Angelina Jolie, too. So yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Man. For some reason, when I heard that she was going to be in this movie, I was like, well, that's random. But that was a big get. I think that was like, yeah. you know, they wanted some star right, power. Right, right, Well, the MCU has been doing a great job in pulling in some of the big wigs, right? I mean, Robert Redford. And it hasn't hurt their careers, right? They got <laughs> some really high profile people coming into these things. Even Robert Downey Jr., you know, that that was just like, that's a that's a big, big iconic guy. Yeah, but, you know, he wasn't necessarily as big as he is now, you know. Like, he, he was well-known, but he had, hadn't had a real hit for years. He was, like, restarting, rebuilding his career at that time. It seemed like they were both taking a gamble on this Iron Man yeah. comic book thing. But with Jon Favreau yeah. at the helm, it was just, like, movie magic. They felt he was perfect to play Tony Stark because of the conflict in his own life. And, you know, I mean, you know, Tony Stark was an alcoholic. So they chose carefully and he hit a home run with that one. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So we'll see. We'll see if another star comes out of this one. We'll see, you know, like even if as a whole the movie isn't up to expectations, but we'll see individual performances. We'll see how they stand up in people's eyes and we'll see, we'll see. What I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad there, there are some bad reviews out there because you know, you have nowhere to go, but up and I, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to walk into it. I'm really going to just allow it to develop. And it's a, it's one small piece in a bigger picture. So, you know, it might not make sense in, in, in some areas maybe, but as a whole, you know, we're going to come out with some major characters like, um, you know, the Black Knight is going to be a big deal. You know, you, you call him, what was it? 
John Snow from, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thrones, right? That guy. Yeah. Um, Kit yeah. Harrington, yeah. is that his real name? Yes, Kit Harrington. Yeah. 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 The okay. Actor. So what I'm predicting is he is going to be the Robert Downey Jr. or the Iron Man uh, going forward. Mm. He's mm, they, like a central they, figure for the Avengers or completely. whatever they're going to call he, him. Yeah. If they're going with comic book them, it's it's going to all he's going to be leading everybody. And Gemma Chan is a big deal. I mean, her character has a lot of depth. And yes, there's this love triangle between Icarus and and, and the Black Knight, um, and that's going to keep going. Uh, but she's the one that you know is going to be part of the Avengers. And you know, like Eternal, the Eternals were dead as far as I was concerned. You know, in the 80s, and then all of a sudden you see Cersei pop up in the 90s joining the Avengers. It's like, who's Cersei? Oh my that's gosh, cool. that's the girl from Eternals. And <laughs> so she does carry uh-huh. the the light in you know going into the future to represent the Eternals. And then Gilgamesh also. So the two Asian characters, um, Gilgamesh was part of 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 the Avengers as well. So mm. there might be some futures here. Right. Are they Asian in the comic books, how they're depicted? No. No. I believe well, that's, Cersei... gr- that's great that in the films, you know, casting. Oh yeah. They also, they switched yeah, everything. Out of... Even, even the, yeah. what's his name? Uh, is it Druig? No, not Druig. Yeah. Oh, what? Who's the Bollywood guy? Kingo. Kingo. Yeah. I, I, they portray him as, you know, Japanese. I don't know how they did that, but he 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 hangs out in Japan. All right, <laughs> and he does a lot of stuff in Japan. So um, so they changed him to Bollywood. Yeah. So I think that that's good, and it's exciting, and it just kind of shows that there's opportunity for you know people of all backgrounds for various roles and even superhero roles. So whether they changed yeah. it yeah. for the particular character or for the actor that they cast, it's steps in the right direction i think uh, who would have thought that marvel comic books would be the reason people are start you know starting to understand interdimensional multiverse parallel universes um <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah you know what at, yeah. at, at ant-man Phys- like physics <laughs> and also diversity genetics, genetics. <laughs> yeah chemistry like, i mean educating yeah. The other cool thing is yeah. that a lot of the heroes are scientists, you know, yep. and mm-hmm. and that's something that my son picked up on, too. He's like, I can be a scientist. He's like, Iron Man's a scientist. Bruce Banner's a scientist. What about me? And I was like, you're right. <laughs> they are. So Spider-Man. It's the real revenge of the nerds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. So yeah, I, I, you know, I'm excited. I, you know, I'm gonna not read any more reviews. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go in there on Saturday, two Saturdays from now, and and just just be entertained, be en- enjoy it, be entertained. Not gonna try to be too much of a critic, but we'll come back. So we'll come back after that showing. So it's October, end of October right now. And so we're gonna see it in a week and a half, and then we'll come back and record our thoughts on that. Uh, so the audience out there, we're actually going to put a little episode in between this one. So this is episode 13, and we'll do a little what we call side dish. We'll do a side dish in between. We're actually going to do it on baseball. We're going to do Asians cool. in baseball. And then, you know, who's coming on that one, Lauren, is Justin. Oh, of course. Justin. Perfect pick. So he's going to be my guest for that little side dish. And then we'll watch the movie, and then we'll do our little review. We'll give you 
audience out there, we'll give you another week. So the movie comes out on the 5th. We'll give you like a week or two to watch it before we spoil it for you. So, <laughs> so make sure you see it before, what is it, November 17th or something like that. Make sure you see it before our episode drops so that you can listen to us as we break it down and you know chime in too. I hope that you can write to us and let us know what you think of it. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Any final thoughts you guys have? No, I, I squeezed my whole brain on that one. There's too many characters. That was it? That was it? <laughs> I'm excited. I, too, am going to go off the grid and not look at anything else. I want to <laughs> just have a really open mind, and I'm really excited. Yeah. No, let's just do it. Let's do it. Let's just see what happens. Uh, you know what? Regardless of what happens, the movie's going to make money. I guarantee you this movie will make money for them, and they'll just keep going. Marvel will be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm, 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 I have so. a strong feeling that there's going to be some Easter eggs in here that are going to really start sure. getting some people excited uh, regarding mm-hmm. mutants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mutant. Okay. That's what I think too. So you're calling a after credit scene with uh, Kit Harrington in it. You know, little Black Knight in the after credit scene. Uh, Maybe a little Gilgamesh in the after credit scene. Uh, I, I see know. something. I don't know. <laughs> I right. I think in the in phase four, we're definitely also going to see Namor somewhere, I think. I hear oh. he's coming out in Black Panther 2. Black Panther. That would make sense uh, to me. And I really okay. hope that they choose an Asian actor because Submariner. Me too. Oh, come on. He looks just like uh, an Asian guy. I will yeah. be upset if they don't, actually. Same here. And I'm, I'm calling an after credit scene with Cersei and Shang-Chi in the library. <laughs> Behind a stack of books, you know, behind behind the, the, the robe or something, you know, just having a nice conversation. You mean not in the sandwich shop or having dim sum with all the other characters? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe at a food truck or something. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, everyone, that does it for episode number 13.1. We're excited to go see the movie with y'all. So go see it in the next two weeks. Uh, when it comes out, and then we'll come back for episode 13.2. So that's it for us. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, You can write to us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. Any of your thoughts on The Eternals. Please follow us on our Instagram, which is at The Infatuation Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify or Apple or Google or Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. So just check where you get your podcasts. But until then, on behalf of Brian, Lauren, and myself, we hope that you are all happy, healthy, and safe out there. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Something's happening to us. We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. You hear that, Sprite? Family reunion. It's about time. It's a really interesting mix. Having ten characters, we're a big, slightly dysfunctional family. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. Well, you know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. Cersei, she has the power to manipulate matter. And she's had a long-running, on-off relationship with Icarus. How long were you together? Five thousand years. I guess you can call that long term. Icarus is the loyal soldier. Dad, that's Superman with the cape and you're shooting laser beams out of your eyes. I don't wear a cape. 
fastest can assemble anything out of any kind of technology. There were more deviants than you said. Well, I'm sure that was fun for you. It was. Athena, she's the goddess of war. She can manifest different weapons, which was very fun. Gilgamesh, he's a protector. His specialty is a strong punch. This is Makari. None of us have seen her for centuries. Sprite can create illusions. She's really sarcastic, especially with Kingo. I would say Kingo is a little self-involved. Kingo, the movie star. I've directed some things, too. Droog. He's mind control. He stands up for what he believes in and that there shouldn't be violence. Don't. We don't interfere in their wars. And then there is Ajax. She's kind of the leader of the Eternals. Her power is healing. This planet and these people have changed me. These superheroes reflect the world we live in. Everybody is unique and special. I think Eternals is the most epic movie that Marvel has done. And I really, really mean that. They're really gonna see a movie unlike any they've ever seen before.